Hey, Keith, have you heard? Right now, it appears that Disney has a Star Wars resort in the works where, you know, you will essentially be able to live or at least spend a weekend in the Star Wars universe. You know, that seems like it would be really amazing. And there's there's such a rich universe that there's so many things you could put in the resort. Like, uh, I'd want to take a dive in uh, Dianoga Swimming Pool. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, how about um, a camping on Hoth where uh, they give you Tauntaun sleeping bags? You'll see them in hell. And then, uh, and then of course, after you come back, you could uh, go to the cantina and have a slice of uh, Anakin Skywalker's chocolate lava cake. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek Counter Geek with Chief Conrad and Elliot Serrano. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. I'd just like to say, get a life. Your Tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker. Then I'll see you in hell. Hi, thanks for stopping by. Geek Counter Geek number 88. Keith Conrad here, at Keith R. Conrad on Twitter. Over here, that's, uh, that's Elliot Serrano. Yeah, this is the Back to the Future episode, where, you know, you get this one up to 88, and you find yourself dating your mom. Wow, that's, uh, took, took things in a strange turn right away. <laughs> they can also follow you at uh, Elliot Serrano on Twitter. And uh, Instagram. And Instagram. And, uh, and Snapchat. That's Snapchat as well. You know, I haven't gotten the hang of Snapchat. Like, I, I was, you know, usually, mostly because of the line of work that I'm in, I'm a very early adopter to, you know, social media and, and things like that. For for some reason, I, I never even tried Snapchat until, I, I'd say, probably about a month ago. And I'm still at a loss for anything where I'm, I'm going to actually want to snap people. Well, there are two things about it with Snapchat. I remember when I finally did get on it. I mean, first, I'm old, okay? <laughs> you know, Snapchat is a completely different visual language. You know, generally millennials and younger who are using it. Um, the thing about Snapchat is that uh, it does do certain things. It gives you opportunities to do different types of um, videos and snippets and so on. But let's be honest now, uh, Instagram, you know, um, and uh, Zuckerberg, who owns Instagram now. Oh, uh, that's right. He does. I forgot about yeah. that. They co-opted a lot of those things that people do in Snapchat. So old people like me who really are more comfortable in Instagram can do the same things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I I, uh, I, I do know that, uh, you know, the... Uh, the, the teenagers, the youngsters, they tend to use it for more nefarious purposes. So I felt kind of creepy based on the fact that I was like such a such a late adapter to uh, to a uh, Snapchat. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with it. Yeah. But then the moment grandma gets on Snapchat again, there's your barometer. You know, <laughs> you know, it's not cool anymore. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I ended up missing C2E2 this year. Did uh, anything good happen there? Let's see. Um, it was a, a good, a fun time. Uh, I was there for the weekend. Didn't spend so much time in panels. I hosted three panels, which went pretty well. 
uh, Jim Cummings, who many know as the voice of Starscream, and not sorry, it's Starscream, um, as um, Darkwing Duck and uh, Winnie the Pooh, among many other characters, many Disney characters. Um, uh, Steve Bloom, who, yes, was the voice of Starscream and uh, Wolverine in the X-Men cartoons and Zeb Aurelius on Star Wars Rebels. Nice. And then, uh, Victoria, Victoria Taylor, who was the voice, voice of Ash Ketchum for the first eight seasons of Pokemon, the Pokemon cartoon with the American version. And um, so a lot of animation fans were there and a lot of folks getting into really the technical aspects of going into voiceover work. If there's anything I learned after three days of sitting next to folks who are pretty much like the rock stars of um, animation, cartoon, voiceover work, it's that you're not going to make a lot of money doing it. <laughs> <And> it's <laughs> rough getting in. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's like that, uh, um, you know, with uh, voice actors in general. And, and I guess, you know, obviously most, most voice actors uh, do, um, do cartoons. But, you know, nowadays there's a little bit more... Um, you know, there's a little bit more out there with, uh, you know, there's actually fictional podcasts and things like that. So there is more work out there, but you just end up doing more work. You don't end up making a whole lot of more money. Yeah, those media corps, I'm telling you, they're learning how to keep the money, you know, way up top and not so much on the bottom. <clears throat> that's so true. That's, that's true. Then um, cosplay was out in strength for C2E2. A lot of folks coming out. That really seems to be the thing now for comic conventions. It's kind of a culture shift um, that's occurred over the past few years is that a lot of folks are going now to see cosplayers or to be cosplayers, which has caused a bit of a, a little friction between the fandom and the professionals, you know, the, the, the artists, the, com the comic book writers and artists who create those particular characters and set up their booths at Artist Alley and find that they just don't seem to get, you know, as much um, traffic because everyone's taking pictures of cosplayers. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's a lot of, that's anecdotal, I'll admit. I don't know if they've done a lot of um, actual numbers behind it. If someone's, you know, crunched numbers on how having cosplayers in, in different areas affects traffic and in business. Uh, but you do see that a uh, bit of chatter on, on social media and, and it's just a thing to figure out. And I just think, though, um, that conventions, honestly, in the end, people just don't spend as much at conventions because they don't have the money for it. And, um, you know, people are being judicious with their spending. Yeah, I mean, the sort of stuff you would buy at conventions, not exactly necessities. So if you're uh, a little tight on funds, it's going to be the, uh, you know, you, you may pay the pay the money to actually go to the convention, but, you know, forking over a lot of money for a, uh, you know, a, a, a lightsaber, probably not going to happen. I'm, I'm yeah, especially, just saying. Yeah. Especially when you can find those things online later. So yeah. the, the rules of a three-day convention, if you want your, your celebrity photo op and autograph, best day to do that is on Friday. If you're going to take pictures of all the costumes, all the cosplayers and such, best day to do that is Saturday. And if you're going for deals on comic books, merchandise, and so on, best day to do that is on Sunday because all these vendors don't want to have to repack that crap up and take it home with them. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you I, uh, you know, as, as we've mentioned a few times before in this very podcast, um, you know, I, I usually most years uh, go to uh, go to Dragon Con in Atlanta with uh, 
my brother and you know there's uh, you know his there's usually uh, somebody else that goes with us sometimes it's my brother's wife um, if if she can swing it sometimes it's just a friend you know it's it's usually a nice little group outing but uh, you know I, I think the culture shift that I I'm uh, looking for with C2E2 and and you know C2E2 is only what like six or seven years old it's actually it, it hasn't been around all that long and you're still looking at about you know maybe the same number of of actual people coming to see it as as Dragon Con you know probably in like the sixty to seventy thousand people but uh, I I compare it to uh, the university I went to in Alabama was mostly a commuter school. You know, people just came in, did their classes, and left. And then eventually, it actually grew to the point where uh, where it's it's no longer like that since I've graduated. And uh, you know, Dragon Con versus C2E2, it's sort of the same thing. Where I think people tend to like just pick a day and go that day. They get in, they see what they're going to see, and then get out. And you don't have people like staying for the whole. You know, it's not really an experience where it's worth staying for the whole time. And I think uh, at some point, C2E2 will, will grow to that point, but it's not quite there yet. Not quite. I mean, the, the McCormick Center is a great place to um, hold that kind of event, but um, and there's plenty of room, but they've yet to make use of, every, you know, C2E2 has yet to make use of all the space that's in McCormick Center. Also, in all in fairness to them, it always seems that C2E2 is taking place at the same time as another convention. Yeah. I want to say last year was like um, 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 housewares, not housewares, like kitchen tile people, something like that. It was all about like remodeling homes. This year, it was a dietitians convention, <laughs> nutrition and dietitians. So imagine, imagine all these. You know, kind of out of shape nerds, you know, walking around with their nachos and slices of pizza, you know, wandering over to where the dietitians are and the dietitians just look at them and shake their heads. Yeah, I was thinking there there could probably be some crossover, but there probably wasn't. There wasn't. There was a little yeah. scorn. Although I will say this, on the other hand, there are some folks there that look pretty darn good. I mean, I saw quite a few Aquamans, shirtless Aquamans that made me go. Oh, goodness, I will never look that good not wearing a shirt. <laughs> you know, speaking of uh, of Dragon Con, actually, there, there's a group of uh, people every year who dress as, um, who dress as uh, Spartan soldiers. And, uh, yeah, same, same thing. Like, I, I, like the, wor- the worst, uh, the, the guy who's in the worst shape of, of that group is way better than I'll ever be. And really, they don't have their abs airbrushed, though, do they? No, they don't. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. Um, so uh, I will say about the Dragon Con, though, for those you know who've never been to it, that is probably the convention to go to to see cosplay. That is, that's the one. Yeah, because I I think the uh, you know you know so, sort of the uh, you know the gold standard is obviously San Diego Comic Con. But I think that, you know, like that's actually a place where, you know, studios go to promote the projects that they're doing now. And Dragon Con is more, you know, it, it's more fan oriented. Like it, it's, right. you know, um, you're going to see a lot more reunions and, and um, you know, it, it, it it's a little bit more. Uh, I, I wouldn't say, you know, they, they do have people that are, you know, in shows that are on the air now, but it tends to be things that have already, you know, established a following and things like that. 
And and the, the atmosphere in the evenings is way more laid back than even San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. So uh, a little bit of uh, breaking news as we're getting ready to record here. Uh, there's going to be a sequel to Unbreakable and um, uh, Split, which is a little strange. Now, I've uh, at, at some point in his career, I kind of turned on M. Night Shyamalan because I really thought that his first uh, couple of movies, probably uh, the, the Sixth Sense uh, Unbreakable and Signs were very good. And after that, they've just been big steaming piles. Like, I, they're just... <laughs> everything... I, at a certain point, I just... Even I gave up, and, and I I haven't seen his last couple of movies. But I've heard that Split was, was actually quite good. It was like a lower-budget deal. People weren't expecting as much from... Mr. Shyamalan, and um, he was also, he did that Netflix series, I want to say, with um, um, uh, the other Matt, uh, uh, Matt Dillon, <laughs> poor Matt Dillon. <laughs> that hey, that Matt other Dillon's, Matt. Yeah, it's like, just like a Ryan Gosling and, 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 and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, well, who's the superior Ryan? <clears throat> Uh, but yeah, yeah. Cause I remember, let's see, I never saw the lady in the water. Um, I saw the village and saw the, tw the quote unquote twist ending coming a mile away. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure how you could have done that. Like, I, and I heard it compared to, um, by a lot of people to a twilight zone episode and that, and that's really what it was more so than even any other of his stories. Uh, that one was most like a, a twilight zone episode and the problem with that wasn't necessarily the story itself. It's the fact that it's a, it's a twist ending that you could see coming a mile away that probably wouldn't be so bad if you didn't have to sit through like a two and a half hour movie to get to it. Like if exactly. it was just like, especially in the age of Netflix, if you just did like an hour long thing and condensed that story into an hour, I think people would have thought, hey, that's pretty good. But sitting through the whole thing, that was a bit much. Because most of his his early stuff was pretty lean and efficient. I mean, The Sixth Sense is a good, lean... I want to say it's not like an hour 45, the movie itself. And it moves along at a nice clip, and you're never bored. Um, doesn't drag. Uh, I think later on, as M. Night Shyamalan started feeling his oats and thinking, oh, I'm a successful director, he started getting a little self-indulgent, you know. And then, yeah, and then after a while, he doesn't know what to cut out of a film. That's why I hear, and I haven't seen Split yet, uh, but I, I heard this is like hearkening back to old, early M. Night Shyamalan. Um, and then, now of course, the news is is that this new film that he's doing, uh, Mr. Glass or Glass, is a is a is the long-awaited sequel to Unbreakable that folks wanted. You know, they wanted after Unbreakable came out, everyone was saying, okay, when's the sequel? When's the sequel? Because comic book nerds loved it, and yet uh, Hollywood wasn't so in love with it, and um, they said there wasn't going to be one, and yet, uh, and now the studios are like, oh wait, what kind of, what kind of sort of franchise can we make into a shared universe? Oh yeah, let's do, let's get that Shyamalan <laughs> kid, it, you know. So so which way? So you know, Disney has a Marvel. And Star Wars with their own, you know, now shared universes, you know, separate, obviously, but, you know, they, 
now with Rogue One, there's actually a Star Wars universe. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing a studio is like, hey, we need superheroes. You know, there's Marvel, there's DC. We need something separate. Uh, what else is there? Oh, yeah, that, that M. Night Shyamalan thing. You know, with the with the Bruce Willis as a superhero and the and the Samuel L. Jackson as a guy who 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 breaks his you know breaks his bones real easy, and they do this whole thing about comic books, and I'm afraid it all smells of Matrix Two to me, which <laughs> <laughs> you know, which again, Matrix One, pretty good movie, great ideas, great concepts, but lean, and then it's gonna get bloated. You know, Matrix Two and Three are two of the most bloated sequels. You know, so, but again, we'll see. People, I, I myself wanted an Unbreakable sequel. Um, so, you yeah, know. And, and I think that, uh, you know, so many people were looking forward to it. I was, you know, I, I was looking forward to it. I'll see it just to get some closure in my life. Because so many things don't have closure in my life, Elliot. I need it on that. Well, you know where you're going to get closure, right? On the next Michael Bay um, Transformers movie. You know, where he rewrites all of the Transformers history yet again. Uh, that, that's another one I gave up on. Uh, it was after, I'm not, I, I guess the third one would have been the Moon one, right? Yeah, because I, I gave up after that Outside one. Outside of the Moon, yeah. Yeah. That, uh, you know, Neil Ar- uh not Neil Armstrong, Neil Armstrong is a saint. Uh, Buzz Aldrin, for a while there, man, he, you, could, you could pay him to do anything. You know, he was doing Dancing with the Stars. He was in Transformers movies. I guess you gotta you gotta strike when the iron's hot. But man, he wouldn't say no. Gotta eat. Buzz Aldrin's gotta eat. That, that's true. We also <laughs> uh, ended up with release dates for uh, Star Wars Episode Nine and Indiana Jones Five. And Indiana Jones Five isn't going to be until 2020. And uh, geez, he's he's going to be like 80 by then. Oh, man, I don't know. It's like to me, I was I was pretty happy with. Crystal Skull being the last Indiana Jones movie, but yeah, I have this feeling that uh, Disney's going to go to the well one more time, and they're they're going to use this one to set up yet another franchise because they want to, they just want everything. They want to get as much blood out of that turnip as they can. You know, at some point, I think you just uh, you just James Bond it and say, you know what? Spil- you shut your mouth. You no, no. Don't James Bond Indiana Jones. Okay. That does not happen. That is that is sacrilege. <laughs> that is blasphemy. Well, well, okay. If you're going to continue doing that, because it's getting to the point where it's like uh, it's like Terminator, where they keep trying to find ways to shoehorn uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger into stories. Yeah. <laughs> Either you leave it alone and you say, "Hey, this is a nice little experience we all had with Indiana Jones with these, you know, two good movies." One eh, movie and one kind of bad movie. Uh, you know, they equaled out to, you know, a pretty good, uh, pretty good saga. And that's it. And we're done. And we move on to something else in our lives, uh, which I think Harrison Ford would be okay with. There's money and rides to be made. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you, you gotta, gotta do something else because, uh, well, I guess there's no reason Indiana Jones can't just, you know, even if he is 80, why, you know, why not? Well, you know, they, they can always go into the well and get that Willow franchise going again. I'm sure That's true. Um, Warwick Davis would love that. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. the secret to doing a, uh, you know, an Indiana Jones movie with him being in his, uh, what, mid to late 70s at this point, 
you, you got to acknowledge the fact that he's in his mid to late seventies and, you know, not have him wearing exactly the same clothing, you know, <laughs> trying trying to pull off what Indiana Jones is pulling off. No, he's he's way older than his dad was in in Last Crusade. Embrace it. He's the he's an old guy. And hopefully by 2020 we will have uh, for, we will have reembraced Shia LaBeouf. Uh, I don't think that's going to be happening. You, you tr- hey, I didn't think Trump could be president, and I was but, wrong there. Too. But but the man's an actual cannibal. <laughs> Trump? Wow. No, no, Shia LaBeouf. Oh. Are you sure it's not Trump? Uh, I, I didn't say Trump wasn't. I was just saying that in this case, I was talking about Shia LaBeouf. Because uh, right. okay. if you if you haven't seen the song, there's a song about Shia LaBeouf being a cannibal. Shia LaBeouf, yes. yeah. Shia LaBeouf being pursued by Shia LaBeouf. That is actually a great video for those who haven't seen that. It, it is, yeah. We'll we'll have a link on the uh, Twitter at Geek Counter Geek on Twitter. Uh, and speaking of things that uh, didn't end all that well the last time and are, are going to be coming back to hopefully get it right, The X-Files is coming back. <laughs> well, you know, weren't, uh, here's the thing I asked when they made that announcement. The first thing I was like, really? And, and <laughs> see, I, I remember we have such short memories on the Internet, I'm, I swear, because I remember listening to social media listening on social media, listening to the chatter as each episode aired. And it was a resounding thud, with the exception of one episode. Everyone kept saying, really, that? Really, that? Oh, this is the way it ends? Oh, this sucked. You know? I got a yeah. resounding... Uh, and, and people were angry, you know? And now it's coming back again, and it's like everyone forgot. Everyone forgot how angry they were the last time around. Well, I think that uh, people have this you know, irrational, dare I say, kind of dumb hope that, uh, you know, the people who are who are producing and writing this, uh, these new episodes of the X-Files, they heard what we were saying. They heard it land with a, a terrible thud, and they're going to use these, uh, these new episodes to right their wrong. Of course, they may have dug themselves such a deep hole that they won't be able to, but, you know, th- that's what we're hoping for, Elliot. Well, you know, now that um, Vince Gilligan isn't doing as much work on on Better Call Saul, I mean, he they we discussed this before. Chris Carter did ask him to come back to do an episode of X Files, and he said he just couldn't do it. You know, his schedule wouldn't allow. Maybe this time we'll get it. Bring back a lot of the the old X Files crew. Bring back Garrett Wong and Glenn Morgan, Vince Gilligan. Bring back that classic X Files crew. To do, you know, their dream episode, you know, and I, I can see that happening. I mean, I can see that working. I don't know if it'll necessarily happen. Yeah, I don't know either. By the way, the uh, I, I assume the episode you were referencing was the one with the were lizard. The were lizard, brilliant, yeah. hilarious episode. Which, um, yeah, I, even people who weren't fans of the X Files, they, you know, they they were watching these. The, you know, these new episodes because they, uh, you know, because it was all over the place. Everybody was talking about it. And even they go, oh, yeah, that was really funny. And, mm-hmm. and But the rest of them, they, they kind of sucked. I, I, you know, I don't know if you had this experience, but I was, uh, you know, as I was watching them, I'm watching the first one because basically it was, it was two mythology episodes sandwiching 
a couple standalone episodes. And after the first mythology episode, I was like, you know, that doesn't really doesn't really fit. They're kind of ignoring a lot of things that happened. And I was a little worried. And then when we got to the ending, it's like, oh, that's really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, well, we'll see. You know, I mean, it, 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 a lot of folks said, well, they did it. They left it open for more episodes. And maybe that's going to be the, the model that they'll be following with X-Files from now on. You know, you, you only get six episodes, which is even fewer episodes than you get uh, uh, in a season out of the BBC. Um, well, yeah, like- if, you, if you're, you know, if you're David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson and, and the rest, um, you know, signing up for six episodes every two years as opposed for 22 episodes every year, well, you know, maybe you're not thinking that's such a bad investment. The thing that I thought was funny was, you know, it, it seemed like to a certain extent, um they they almost had to be dragged kicking and screaming into into doing this again um and considering that uh for them to have left it on such a uh, an unsatisfying cliffhanger like it was obvious that they were going to get more episodes it, and it just because of the way that everything happened like you know they're they're trying to promote it as oh well you know the 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 planets just kind of aligned and it was uh, it was a good opportunity for us to just do a couple episodes revisit it and then and then be done with it and then they leave us with that cliffhanger. Especially considering that Fox did that pulled that whole stunt again where uh, they tried to pay Gillian Anderson less than um, David Duchovny. Yeah, in the age of social media, good luck with that. Yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. So. Uh, and you know, hey, they're they're essentially doing the Netflix model on broadcast television, you know. So we'll see. yeah, yeah, and, and that's uh, yeah. I I think that's probably um, I, I I don't know that that's going to work because, um, you know, I I well I I shouldn't say that because I I don't know how Twenty Four is done, but I know the X Files did really well. So yeah, maybe maybe it will work. On- yeah, I say I don't know how sales on the Blu-rays and DVD have done either, because that's really you know when you do this sort of thing, that's what you're hoping for. And I know that the for 24, you know, the they they pack they're real slick about packaging that show right away, boom, you know, into a nice set that you can sit down and just watch the whole thing. So yeah, Fox, Fox is on top of that. Like in the last commercial break of the episode, hey, it's on Blu-ray. On Blu-ray, get twenty-four legacy. Uh, but you know when uh, when these episodes are released and they inevitably suck, um, we're going to talk about it here on Geek Counter Geek. And and when we do, you'll want to hear it as crystal clear as humanly possible. Which means you you might want to visit our friends at tweakedaudio.com. And at tweakedaudio.com, if you want to check out their <clears throat> their wares, they have special features like mic and non mic versions, several different colors. Uh, you're going to be able to listen to us in each ear. Uh, wow, Keith, in stereo. In stereo. You're going to have Keith in one ear, me in the other. We're going to double team you from each side. <laughs> uh, wow. Headsets. Headsets great, not only for listening to podcasts, but also for holding regular conversations whether uh, connected to your head, uh, your your phone, your gaming system, uh, multi-co-op player gaming, as well as just listening in 
Um, you get different styles and colors. <clears throat> Sorry. And if you enter the code GCG for Geek Counter Geek at checkout, you will get 33% off and free worldwide shipping. Wow, 33%. That's almost a third. Uh, well, it's better than, you know, nothing. Right, exactly. And <laughs> um, uh, when, you're, uh, when you get your headphones from tweakedaudio.com, uh, you'll want to listen to some of the other uh, great shows here on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, uh, including the triumphant return of Lasano and Friends. You know, he's following me on Facebook. Excellent. He started following me. See, I, I like that podcast network synergy. Yeah, I was like, oh, look, it's him. He's following me. I guess he noticed me. Finally, <laughs> someone noticed me. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, there's also, I, I, I think there, there's some podcast that you listen to, isn't there? Oh yeah. Sedition bitches. Oh, we're that's the one. All, they, they all fought where I'm friends with all of them on Facebook. So you know, do they know I, that? I, they, not only do they notice me, but I annoy them. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, dishing bitches, um, minutia men, um, 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 on a quest. Uh, the, on a quest, yes. I keep going, you know, I keep, uh, why do I always draw a blank on On a Quest? And then, of course, um, the Twin Peaks uh, themed podcast. Um, wrapped in plastic. Wrapped in plastic, which, um, again, now that, that Twin Peaks is being pushed to the forefront in, in pop culture, you're, you're definitely going to want to be listening to them. Yeah, you may have been wondering, hey, why would you do a, a, a Twin Peaks themed uh, podcast? Oh, it's coming back. Now, all we need is for someone to do a lost podcast. Uh, are, are you really sure you'd want you'd to listen to a lost podcast? <laughs> Talk about being angry at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> every, every episode, they find a way to, to make you mad. Uh, tell me again about the polar bears. <laughs> Remember, uh, the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, uh, good radio didn't die. It just went to a better place. Which... When something dies, don't you usually say it went to a better place? Went to a better place. Well, it goes to the farm. That's you know, true. Yeah. And we're we're all in a farm together. I mean, I, you know, the dishing bitches are you know in in the house, you know, taking care of things and you know kicking out all the salesmen. Well, well that seems a li that seems a little uh, seems a little sexist to just assume that they're in the house. Well, I mean. Yeah, you know, because you got Lozano and Sons working on the truck, you know, out back, and <laughs> and um, you know, we're we're essentially up in the we're we you and I are like um like the girls in Petticoat Junction. We're up in the water tower, right? <laughs> you know, watching the train go by. That's that's the first time I've been compared to Petticoat Junction. <laughs> this is the first time for everything. So, uh, so in addition to uh, the the Star Wars Resort, um, I don't know if you noticed this, uh, Elliot, but Star Wars was in the news again uh, over the past couple of weeks, you know, because they went and released their first trailer for uh, for the Last Jedi, mm -hmm. and um, like most trailers, we were left with more questions than answers. Um, <clears throat> Ryan Johnson did come out and answer a couple things, though. Um, he, he put to rest the whole 
the last is the last Jedi plural or not? Which, and, for and some he, reason, was a question. Yeah, it was a question, and he came out and he said the last Jedi is singular, and it is in reference to Luke Skywalker. So, boom, there we go. And, uh, you know, I've already seen people uh, in the chattering class, um, you know, talking about uh, Luke Skywalker's uh, line that, you know, it's time for the Jedi to end. Uh, And they're they're speculating that, okay, so Rey is actually going to be trained as something completely different. And, um, you know, I I think uh, I think people are completely overthinking this. Um, You think? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because, well, you listen to what Mark Hamill has said, and first of all, he's dropped a couple of uh, a couple of references to Daisy Ridley being his daughter, uh, which I, I which I think is totally just trying to f- fake people out. But who who trolling. knows? He's trolling people. So, yeah. But, so we'll see. Um, but uh, in addition to that, Mark Hamill has talked about how um, you know it is going to be uh, a story of of you know Ray training the same way that, that Luke was in, in the Empire Strikes Back, but that their relationship is going to be a little different. And when I, uh, when I hear him say that, and the, the line in, um, in the trailer, I, like, I can already sketch out how I think the story's going to go, that, you know, she's going to hand him the lightsaber, and he's basically going to say, no, I want nothing to do with the Jedi ever again. And most of, you know, probably the first act is going to be, you know, her trying to get him to to train her. Maybe, you know, she's trying to do some things on her own. And uh, eventually something happens that causes Luke to decide, okay, maybe I will train her. You know, I'm guessing like Kylo Ren shows up and they end up fighting you know, so, something like that. And then he ends up actually training her. And it turns out he's not the last Jedi. Am I way off on this? Or, or are you thinking along the same lines? You change a couple names and locations. You've essentially described the plot to Karate Kid 4. So <laughs> that, That's true. It, it, it really is. Mr. Yeah. Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi doesn't want to be trained. Young girl wants to do this. He doesn't goes back and forth. Blah, blah, blah. You know. Um, yeah, and, and even Daisy Ridley herself said at Star Wars Celebration that one of the themes of The Last Jedi is the whole, uh, you know, be careful about meeting your heroes because they may not live up to your expectations. So, um, you know, that, that seems to be something that's going to happen as well. Luke is not going to be everything we expected him to be. Um, and, and even just from the trailer itself, um, the, the, it, and I know it's very, very early, but um, just some of the shots that you've seen and the lighting, it looks and feels like a different film than The Force Awakens. You know, The Force Awakens was kind of dimly lit. You had the J.J. Abrams lens flares, you know, although not as bad as in other films. Yeah, um, I was proud this, of him. He, he turned it down quite a bit. He, he, he had the lens flares, but they were they were in places that that made sense. Right. Um, with Last Jedi, this film seems to have a more organic, natural look to it. Um, and and they've, they've even in the bit where um, um, Ryan Johnson, um, they change the position of Kylo Ren's scar that, that he has on his face from his duel with Daisy Ridley. And that was another thing that they asked. And he pretty much squashed any um, 
conspiracy theories and said, look, the only reason we change it is because I thought it looked silly before and it would look better this way. So that was it. So special edition, look out in The Force Awakens. Kylo Ren's scar is going to get changed so it matches up more with The Last Jedi. <laughs> but but it's it's funny because they're going to put like Hayden Christensen's Hayden Christensen's head on him for some reason. <laughs> Just for real quick, it'll be like a flash. Like, Ooh, look. Although uh, my friend um, Brian Young said, with Rogue One, they did miss out an opportun- on an opportunity to have a quick uh, Hayden Christensen uh, cameo when you see him in the the back the tank, you know, and you know as they turn him around and all you're looking at him, could have had. A quick, you know, just hold it for a second more to see the face of Hayden Christensen. Just kind of bring the whole thing together in Rogue One. Well, I think they they kind of did that because they had a, you know, a, it was it was just a dummy in there. You know, it was. I don't think right. it was. Uh, uh, I don't think. Like... I don't think that's a that's a that's a secret. Um, the and and um, you know, I think that the it was actually based on him. So technically they did that. They just didn't show enough of him so that you could say, Oh, that's definitely Hayden Christensen. Well, you have him in the costume, you know, and he turns around, he's wearing the armor. Boom. Boom. Cause yeah. remember, there was a rumor that he was going to do that. Uh, there, there's rumors all over the place. There's rumors that he's going to show up in, uh, in, in the last Jedi too. Or he could even show up in the Han Solo movie. Or he could show up in the Indiana Jones movie. I've got a bad feeling about this. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gabatron.